Please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Today we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. If you do not have a Bible today, we have people making their ways down the aisle with Bibles. Um, we would ask that if you don't have a Bible, that you could take that. But also if you know somebody who doesn't have a Bible, we would ask that you would um, take that to somebody who maybe needs it. Look at them. Look at them. They got them. Our kids helping out today. So, Matthew 6, uh, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For there your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Please pray with me. Dear God, thank you so much, Lord, for this day that we have together um, in this building. I pray that everything from this stage would be honoring to you. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, good morning. You can have a seat. I'm so glad that you're here today. My name is Mike Lee, and I get to be the pastor here at Mission Valley Church. Uh, if you're here in person, it's great to have you. If you're watching online uh, from any place, uh, from Stillwater, Minnesota, from Phoenix Children's Hospital, uh, from Higley uh, Performing Arts Center, and all kinds of other places, uh, we're glad that you're online. Uh, today. So if I've never met you before, I'd sure love to do that. And there's a couple of ways that we can, we can get that done, that meeting done. And the first is this. After church, I'm going to be standing out in the courtyard. Uh, I love nothing more than to fist bump, shake your hands, give you a hug, whatever you're into. Uh, another way that we can meet is if you want to, just, just text me, 602-763-3331. Kind of wait till after the sermon. It would be weird to do it now. Uh, but we can connect that way. And then finally, uh, if you want, just fill out one of those connect cards uh, that Jen talked about at the beginning. She'll talk more about them at the end. And we'll put those uh, over at the info table and I'll check in with you that way. So what kind of church is this? This is the question that we've been asking for the last several weeks. It's, it's the question that we're trying to get asked and answered in this series. And, and so we're spending these four weeks talking about the kind of church that we're going to be. Uh, we've said this before. I want to keep saying it. I want to just keep dripping it in until we are remembering this. But we are going to ultimately be a church on mission to see the valley transformed by the gospel. We, we preach for transformation. Uh, not that we would just take God's word in and know it, but that God's word would change us, would change our hearts, would change relationships would change marriages, would change communities. Uh, we want to be about transformation. And the we that we're talking about, who is the we? Well, the, the we will be made up of members, people that say, yes, I want to be part of Mission Valley Church. I want to live on mission, lock arms together with this body of believers uh, to go out and do that which Jesus has asked us to do. And so when you walked in here today, there was a membership covenant. It was on your chair. You, you would have to like move it to sit there. This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to read it right now. I want you to put it away. Slide it underneath your seat. Do whatever you need to do with it. Put it away so it's away from you, but I want you to take it home this week. Uh, and if you'd like to be a member at the church, that's what we want. That's what we think is be best for you as elders. That's what we would like to see you do. But bring that back next week. So for today, just, just hold it uh, and, and take it home, look at it, and bring it back. So um, 
As you can tell, we take membership very seriously, and that's why we're spending these four weeks looking at these marks of membership. We have four marks. We talk about believer, uh, someone who's believed in Jesus and, and followed him in baptism. We talk about server, someone who is part of uh, and serves on a service team. We talk about learner, somebody that is actively involved in some version of a discipleship group. And we talk about giver, someone who has a regular pattern of giving. And so we just spent the last couple of weeks just talking about these different things. And so in week one, we talked about belief and we prayed that those that did not believe would believe. We prayed that those who do believe would get baptized. And we prayed that those who have been baptized would go out and eventually be able to baptize somebody else. That's what we've been praying for. Uh, And that's what we did in week one. In week two, we talked about serving. We talked about what it looks like to serve. We said that Christians serve. That's what they do. It is, it's something Christians do because it's what Jesus did. And we said that there's a particular way in which Christians serve, that they serve willingly, sacrificially, faithfully, with excellence, and that they do so zealously. Uh, that, that's what, what's going to happen. That's what Christian servantship looks like, to, to go out and do that. And then in week three, we talked about community. We talked about how important it is to be part of community, how, how sometimes the, the, the rug from this world gets yanked out from underneath you. Sometimes uh, you just get punched in the mouth by, by this broken world. And when that happens, you need to have people in your life. You need to have community that will come alongside of you. We said that Christians need communities where they will learn and teach others. We, we said that they need to have fellowship, that they need to have community where they will share life with others, where they will pray with others, and that in community we see Jesus building his church. And so it's very important. So what kind of church will this be? Well, from the first three weeks, we know that it'll be a church that believes enough to go teach, baptize, and disciple. We know that this will be a church that believes enough to serve like Jesus. We know that this will be a church that cares about people and walks in community. And we will be, Mission Valley Church will be the kind of church that sees money as a tool to get all of the rest of that done. We'll be the church that sees money as a tool to get the rest of that done. This is the money sermon, and I'm so glad you're here for it. It's the money sermon. I mean, like pastors like lose sleep over this stuff, and I haven't. I mean, I'm pretty pumped about it. It's it's not bad. I'm pretty excited. And I'm I'm pumped about it now, but I I had all week to get ready. Uh, On Monday, uh, I did feel all of a sudden for the first time a little bit of apprehension because on Monday it occurred to me, maybe for the first time, like really occurred to me that this particular Sunday, this particular sermon was going to fall on Kids Serve Sunday. You see, what we do on fifth Sundays here is we want the kids to be in the room. We want them to be here for the whole time. Uh, We want them to see what happens. What does it look like to serve in here? What does it look like to worship in here? What does it look like when, when the adults in the room like open up their Bibles? And so we want them to be in here. And so I was, I was like, man, it's kind of weird that the kids are going to come in here on the Sunday that we're going to talk about money and the giving sermon. I, I, I don't want to shortchange them. But then something occurred to me that made me so glad that this sermon is falling on Kids Serve Sunday. Kids in the room, I'm going to talk to you for just a second. Kids in the room, I want you to know that you are going to learn stuff today that some of the adults in this room have struggled with. You're going to get to understand stuff about money today that that some of us couldn't figure out until we were in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, or our 50s, and you're going to get to learn about it today. Kids, you're going to learn things about money today that I didn't understand until I was well into my 20s, and I'm so glad for you. And so, kids, here is the big thing that I want you to learn today. It's the big thing I want you to tell people about when when you leave this place. Here's our big idea. It's simply this. Christians give money away. That's what they do. 
Christians just give money away. Kids, this is what you, when you leave today, and somebody said, what did you learn in church? Well, we learned that Christians just give money away. Kids, this is what Christians do. They give money away. Can we do it like this? Let's do it like this, as if we were just in here, just me and you and the kids, just me and the kids. Let's just do it like this. I'm going to say, what do they do? And you guys are going to just say as loud as you can, kids, they give it away. Kids, what do Christians do with money? They give it away. That's what they do with it. That's what they do with it. It's so, it's so good. When you walked in here today, kids, this is what happened. You got a bag just like this. You got a bag that has 10 quarters in it. Every, every kid in the room got a bag that has 10 quarters in it. And if you're a kid, not if you're an adult, like Quinn, if you're a kid in the room, if you're a kid in the room and you didn't get one of these bags of quarters, just raise your hand uh, and, and one of our, our, our ushers will bring you some quarters. I think we got you covered. We got, you didn't get any right there? We got, a, we got a missing quarters right here. I got Alex is on his way. We got two of them right there, Alex. They didn't get their quarters. All right, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to talk about what you're going to get a chance to do with this money in just a little bit. I'm going to talk to you about how you'll get the opportunity, kids, to just give this away. Church. Listen to me on this. Hear this. Write this down. Tuck this in your heart. Just, just tuck this deep in your heart. The whole rest of the world is trying to figure out how to earn, save, spend, and invest money, and Christians are simply giving it away. The whole rest of the world is looking at this completely different, and Christians are just giving it away. Now, don't at me. I know Christians earn money. I have a job. I get it. I get a paycheck. I know Christians spend money. I have daughters. I mean, I know how it works, right? They need stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. I know Christians save money. I got a little coffee can. I got a little coffee can. You know, I, I like to save it up there. I know Christians invest money. I have retirement plans. I might like to retire someday. Of course, Christians do that, but they also give money away. Christians just give it away. It's like Christians are doing the opposite of what the rest of the world is doing with their money. Christians are just doing the opposite thing of what the rest of the world is doing with their money. The rest of the world is just trying to get more of it. And Christians are just, just throwing it away, just giving it away. And that makes sense. Because Jesus taught us that following him and his ways will look so very different than following the ways of the world. When we just look at like what it looks like to follow Jesus, it'll just oftentimes look so different than following the ways of the world. So it's not surprising that it's true with our money also. And so this is the text today, Matthew 6, 19 through 20. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is saying there are two places to store your money. There's two places to store up your treasures, either here on earth where they will get destroyed or in heaven where they will be eternal. That's the two places you could store up treasures. And in one place it's going to get destroyed, it's going to get ruined, and in the other place it's going to be eternal. And this makes sense. This is why you never see a U-Haul truck in a funeral possession. This is why you never see that. I know it's like an old lame joke, but it's true. You never see it. This, this, is, this is like just the, the thing that kind of makes sense. This, this is like nothing that you could earn or buy or acquire on earth that is going with you to eternity. Some of you have like really cool collections. My father-in-law's got this really cool collection. He collects these football helmets. And I guarantee that when he dies, his kids are going to have to like look at these helmets and be like, what are we going to do with all these helmets? What are we going to do with all this stuff? Uh, no matter what it is that you have, no matter what it is, your money can't go with you. Your stuff can't go with you. My uh, grandma used to collect Santa Clauses, these fantastic Santa Clauses, all in, the, in, a, in a little cabinet. She would keep them. They were beautiful, like, cool, I guess. And when she died, everybody's sitting around looking at each other like, who's going to take these things? They creep us out, right? And I don't ever want to tell my grandma, but I know she doesn't care because she's with Jesus. Man, we, we got rid of them. Like, nobody wants your stuff, 
See, no money or collections or cool cars or football cards or dolls or watches or jewelry is going with you to eternity. As a matter of fact, all of that stuff will eventually either rot out, rust out, or get sold. That's what will happen to it. Matthew 6.21 says that, that lets us know about how concerned Jesus is with this because he knows that our treasure is tied so closely to our heart. This is what Jesus said. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is very concerned. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our stuff. Jesus demands our heart. He wants our heart. And he knows that our, our heart is oftentimes tied up with the things that, that, are, that are the money things. And you know how much the things that you treasure are tied to your heart. And if you start to treasure money or stuff, you know that it can lead to problems. You've seen it happen before. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If you treasure money instead of using money as a tool, you'll be tempted to be greedy with it. If you treasure money instead of using it as a tool, you'll be tempted to do things you ought not to do to get more of it or to hold on to it. You'll be tempted to those kind of things. If you, if you see money as the thing you're trying to get instead of the thing that you can use to do things you want to get done, these things happen. And if that happens, Jesus warns us that it can get in the way of our relationship with him. Jesus is concerned about our money because he knows that our money can trip us up in service to him. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You just you can't do it. You can't serve God and money. You just can't do it. You, you, you serve God and you use money. That's how it works. You serve God, you use money. Money's a tool. And like any tool, it can be used for good or it can be used improperly. So today we're going to talk about money and how as Christians, we get to just give it away. And here's my prayer. This is what I've been praying about this week. My prayer this week has been, if you've never learned about this stuff, that you learn it today. That you allow God's word to transform your relationship with money. That if you've learned bad habits up until now, that you unlearn them and learn right things about money today. That you leave here today with a biblical understanding of how Christians give their money away. Now, I know that not everyone here is a Christian. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want you to know that we're so glad that you're here We've made a place for you to come. We've, we, we've, we've put extra chairs out so that you can be here. We want you to be here. And today you're going to get to hear things that Christians care about. You're going to get to hear things that Christians care about with money. It's the money sermon. And you're so excited. And so am I. Here's a disclaimer. A little disclaimer. This may be a hard sermon to hear. This may be a hard sermon to hear. You may take offense and here's the thing that I love about doing these kind of sermons, these ones that are difficult. Here's what I like about it. I'm so glad that I get to be your pastor and not just your preacher. And so I don't just get to come up here and talk to you and then I leave and then that's it. As your pastor, if you would say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with what you said. I, I really struggled with what you said or I didn't like what you said. Good. Call me. 602-763-3331. Don't sit around in circles and be like, did you hear what he said? I think he wants our money. Just call me up. Let's talk about it. Let's open up the Bible and get into it together. Thanks. Thanks for the amen. It's a money sermon. So there's four ways in which Christians give the money away. There's really four ways. If you were to open up the Bible and just read through it, you'd see that there's really four ways that Christians give their money away. Christians tithe. Christians give generously. Christians give blessings. And Christians give to the poor. And so let's jump into the first one. Christians tithe. It's what they do. They tithe. 
What is the tithe? What does it mean to tithe? Well, tithe is 10%. It is 10% of every dollar you get belongs to God. So kids, when you walked in here today, you got a bag of quarters, and there's 10 quarters in there. There's 10 quarters in there. And if you were to just take your bag and just hold it in your hand right here, if you were to say, like, hey, I want to figure out what the tithe is, what is 10% of this? Well, that is one out of the 10 quarters. So I'm looking at my bag right here, and, and, and just like you kids, I got this bag, and there's nine quarters over here, and there's one over here. This one quarter over here is the tithe. It represents 10 percent and this is God's money all these other quarters all these other quarters you can do with what you want but this one is God's this this one is God's that's the 10 percent it's 10 percent seriously one of those quarters is God's and so you don't get to decide kids what you're going to do with it you know that that one belongs to God it's 10 percent it's what it is it's what should happen every time any of you get any money Church, when you get a paycheck, when you get a bonus, when you get a commission check, if you win the lottery, if your grandma passes away and leaves you some of her money in her will, 10% of that is God's. I mean, practically, this is how it just happened in our house. My daughter was just house-sitting and she got paid. She was house-sitting and she got paid. And this morning, she counted out what is 10% of that. How much of that is 10%? And she's going to put that money into the offering box, which is right over there. If you don't know where it's at, she's going to just put that cash in there. And some will say, well, I tithe, but I give less than 10%. Some people say, well, I tithe, but I give less than 10%. And I would say, oh, then you don't tithe. Because tithe literally means 10%. Donnie, is that right? Donnie knows stuff. Donnie got a degree in this kind of stuff. Not in tithing. He got a degree in stuff, in, in, in Bible stuff. And so he knows stuff. If you don't want to, this might check this out. I check it out with Donnie. Tithe literally means 10%. And so if you would say, well, I, I, I do this other thing with my money. I give some of it. Well, that's fine. But we're talking about tithing and Christians tithe. And some people will say, well, well, I thought you didn't have to tithe. Some of you say, well, I heard that tithing was part of the Old Testament. Some people will say, I heard that tithing was part of the Old Testament law, and we don't have to follow that anymore, just like we don't have to follow other things in the law, like we're not allowed to eat bacon or, or mix our fabrics. And I would say, oh, no, tithing wasn't established under the law. Some of you say, well, I thought we didn't have to tithe anymore because I thought like, we didn't have to follow the law anymore. I thought that was different. And I would say, oh, you were, you were mistaught. You were, you were misled. Maybe you got a, a, a bad uh, teaching or, or, or you read a bad Facebook post. I don't know what to tell you uh, because the tithe wasn't established under the law. You see, God gave the law to Moses. That's where that happened. And tithing goes way back before that. It goes all the way back to Abraham 400 years before the law. Abraham tithes. In Genesis 14, 18 through 20, way in the beginning, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. A tenth. That's the tithe. That goes all the way back to Abraham way before Moses. Abraham established the tithe as 10% 400 years before the law and Moses. I think sometimes as Christians living in America right now, we think that Abraham and Moses would have like known each other. But there's 400 years in between them. There's so much time in between them. You are closer in time to George Washington than Moses was to Abraham. Let that sink in for a second. This is way before that. So 400 years before the law, Abraham gave 10%. Now, some people will say, well, I heard or I read or a buddy of mine told me that Jesus said we don't have to tithe anymore. Some people have heard that. Well, I thought Jesus said we didn't have to do that anymore. Well, check this out. In Luke 11:42, it says, but woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe 
mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Jesus is condemning the Pharisees for tithing and not doing the other stuff. He's condemning them for tithing and not doing the other stuff. And some people want to read this and say, well, Jesus is saying you don't have to tithe anymore, but he doesn't say that. Look at the text. He doesn't say that. He's saying you should tithe and do the other stuff. It's more like, well, of course tithe and go out and love. Of course tithe and go out and live in just. Of course tithe and don't neglect these other things. So here's what we can see about the tithe. The tithe is established 400 years before the law and is affirmed by the Savior who fulfills the law. Christians tithe. And some of you would say, well, I tithe, but I, but I don't give it to the church. I, I give it to somewhere else. I give it to the House of Refuge or I give it to Phoenix Children's Hospital or to people in need. I, I, I tithe like that. And I would say, well, okay, but that's not what the Bible says the tithe is. I'd say, okay, that, that thing that you're doing, that's interesting, but that's not what the Bible talks about as a tithe. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, How have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house." Church, don't get mad at me. These are God's words, not mine. God says, bring the tithe into my house. More than that, he says, if you don't, you're robbing me. Look, you do whatever you want to do with the other 90% of your money, but that first 10% belongs to God. And if you don't give it to him, you are robbing God. That's what we're doing. That's, that's what happens. And, and look what God says. If you just finish out that text, look what he says. He says, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God says, go ahead and put me to the test on this one. If you wonder what would happen if you just tried it out, God says, go ahead, try this out. Try me out and see what happens. Bring the tithe in. Bring in that full 10%. Look at your paycheck and give 10%. Look at your commission check and give 10%. Look at your allowance, your inheritance, the profit you made when you sold that car or that house or that furniture and bring God 10% and just watch what he does with it. It's the only time in Scripture that God says, hey, just try me out on this one. Just try it out and see what happens. Try it out and see what happens. That's what we want us to do. So that's your choice. Do it and watch what God does or disobey God and don't do it, but at least admit you're disobeying God. See, I'm real big on just telling the truth. I like to just tell myself the truth. I tell my family all the time, let's just let the truth flow like a river in our house. We can do whatever we want. Let's just let the truth flow. We can figure out what to do once the truth is out. So tell yourself the truth. The Bible says you're to tithe. And so just say, well, yeah, I see it, but I'm not going to do it. Or, yeah, I see it, and I'm going to repent and start doing it. Or, hey, I've been doing it my whole life, and I'm glad everybody's going to join me. The Bible says I'm supposed to give 10% of my money to God. So are you doing that? If you are, great. If not, it's nothing you can't repent of. You can say, God, I wasn't doing it. Either I didn't know it or I was choosing to disobey. I'm sorry. I repent, and then start to tithe. Church, are you tithing? If so, good. If not, start. If you don't know how, we're going to offer help today. We're going to offer help today. Kids, here's what I want you to do today. 
When we take the Lord's Supper in a little while, we're, we're all just going to walk down here. and the, Everybody in the room that's believed in Jesus is going to come down here and they're going to take the bread and, and the juice and they're going to go back to their seats. Uh, and then we'll take it all together. But this is what I want you to do, kids. Uh, when you come down here today, I want you to take that first quarter and I want you to just put it in this bucket right here. See this bucket? It's got a cross on it. This is the tithe. You take one of those quarters and you put it in here. We'll talk about what you're going to do with the rest of those other nine quarters. Those are yours. You can do whatever you want. I'm giving you permission to keep nine quarters today if you want, kids. That's my money. That's my money, all right? That's, I, I gave it out to you, and I'm happy to have you today. Uh, you're serving in here, and I want you to get paid to serve in here today. You're, you're working, and I'm happy to have you, right? You don't usually do that, but today that's what's happening. That's my money, and I'm giving you permission. Parents, don't you be making them give them other nine quarters away if they don't want to. All right, if your parents make you give that money away, we should talk, all right? That's your money, all right? It's Pastor Mike's money, and we gave it to you. I'm happy for you to have it. But one of those quarters is God, and you put it in this bucket. Kids, what are you going to do with that quarter? You're going to put it in this bucket right here, all right? That's what we're going to do. Now, some of you will say, well, that's great. That's great. Tithe, 10%. Got it. I wrote that down. I got it. I'm good with that. I know what to do. But I want to give more than that. Can I do that? I'd like to give more than 10%. Am I allowed to do that? And I'd say, oh, yes, that's called generosity. Church, Christians give generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says this. The point of this is whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Go ahead and give more. Give bountifully and you'll receive bountifully. Give cheerfully. This is what I found. I found this in my family. My, my wife and I, Penny and I, we've, we've found that we have never been able to outgive God. We've never one time been able to outgive God. We've never ever given to God and then been like, oh my gosh, we don't know how we're going to pay our bills this month. That's never happened before. It's just never happened before. If it happens to you, come talk to us. We'll help you out. You miscalculated something, right? But if you, if you find that you have just outgiven God's favor, like just come talk to me. We, we need to straighten something out. You literally just cannot outgive God. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and, who, and, and, and one who waters will himself be watered. Proverbs is saying that you will literally grow richer as you give more money away. So be generous. Be generous. Some of you are just waiting for someone to give you permission to say, go ahead and give more money, and I'm happy that I get to be the guy to do that today. You have permission. Give it away. Give more of it away. Give 11%. Give, give 15%. Heck, give 50%. Give 90%. I've read stories about people that, 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 are, that they are reverse tithers. I think this is so cool. I've read stories about people that are reverse tithers. They live on 10% and they give 90% away. And I'm giving you permission to do that. Go ahead and do it. I'm giving you permission to excel in giving because the Bible gives you permission as well. If we had time, I'd read through 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-7. through 7. Paul is writing about these churches in Macedonia. There's this, this section, and Paul's just, he's writing about these churches in Macedonia. He's writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, let me just tell you about these Macedonian churches. They're being so generous. They're being so generous that we've taken up offerings to take back to Jerusalem, a church that's hurting, and they're being so generous. Paul says that in the same way that you can excel in faith and speech and knowledge, you can also excel in giving. It's okay to give more, so go ahead and excel in it. Give more. Be generous with your money. Are you giving generously? If so, good. If not, you can start and we can help. 
Kids, here's your opportunity for generosity today. This is what I think. I think, kids, this is what we need out here. We got a lot of cool stuff at this church, but you know what? We don't have a playground. You know what I think we need? A playground. Kids, anybody else? Anybody agree with that? I mean, can I get an amen? This is what I think we need out here. I think we need a playground and we need some grass. All right, that's what we need. All right, we got a lot of cool stuff, but we need us a playground and some grass. And so here's an opportunity for generosity. Kids, what are you going to do with that first, with that first quarter? That's going to go right here. That's the tithe. Then you got nine left. You got nine left. You can do whatever you want. Pastor Mike said you can keep them if you want to. But here's an opportunity for generosity. If you want, you can put some of those quarters, one of those quarters, two of those quarters, five of those quarters, heck, nine of those quarters. If you want, you put them right here into the playground fund. This is what we're going to do today, church. We're starting a playground fund. And here's what's going to happen, kids. You get to give to it first. Now, all these other adults in here, they're going to want to give some too. I know they will. But you get to go first. And here's the cool thing that's going to happen. Someday we're going to have a playground. It's going to be right over here. Natalie, where are you at? Natalie asked me for a playground early on. Natalie, we still need that? Yeah, okay. We're going to have a playground right over here, kids. This is what's going to happen. Someday in the future, we're going to have a playground right over here with grass and slides and swing sets. And one day you're going to get on it and you're going to say, you know what? You're going to tell your friends, you know what? We gave the first money for this. We bought this thing. That's going to be so cool. That's an opportunity for generosity today, kids. I'm glad you're here for it. Generosity goes right here. And some people say, well, I want to give more than that. Okay, I get it. There's the tithe and then there's generosity in the church, but I want to give more to that. I want to give to like other stuff. I want to give to my buddy or to to other organizations. Well, what is that called? Well, that's called a blessing. Christians give blessings. That's called a blessing. That thing that you do where it's not the tithe and it's not your generous gift to the church. There's something past that, something more than that. that, that, That's called a blessing and Christians give blessings. 1 John 3.17 says this, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? If you see a brother in need or, 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 or see your brother that needs some help, you can and should help. I would encourage you to help. Get together with your community group and give your friend a down payment for a house or a car or first and last months on a rent. Do that. That's called a blessing. Give money to help out a family who's in the hospital. Give money to organizations that are doing good stuff. Give money to Phoenix Children's, to House of Refuge, to the Ronald McDonald House. Buy Girl Scout cookies and give them to your pastor. That part was, don't do that. Don't, do, don't give them to me. I don't need more Girl Scout cookies. But buy Girl Scout cookies. Buy Girl Scout cookies. Those little girls out there just trying to sell those cookies, buy those Girl Scout cookies. They're trying to do a good thing. It is a blessing to do that for them. You don't need those cookies, but just give them away. Just give that money away. Buy that stuff. Go ahead and do it. Do that. Bless people. It's great. I want to give you permission to bless people. I want to give you permission to bless people just to give that $100 handshake. You know that person that could use it? Walk up and hand them $100 and say, hey, let me just bless you this week. Buy a friend dinner. Give them some money or some gift cards. Buy a Starbucks gift card for your kids' as teachers. Bless them. Bless the heck out of them. Bless people. It's what Christians do with their money. Are you blessing others? If so, good. If not, you can start. If you need help, we can help you. Kids, here's your opportunity to bless someone today. Here's just an opportunity to bless someone today. There's probably more opportunities out there, but here's just one I'm aware of today. Here's the thing. We know what we're going to do with that first quarter. That's going to go in that first bucket. That's a tithe. Kids, you're going to have nine quarters left. There's an opportunity for generosity to to give to the playground fund. Here's an opportunity for blessing. Our friend Easton's in the hospital. Our friend Easton's in the hospital. He got hurt, and he's in the hospital. And that's where he's at. He's over there with his mom and his dad, and he's getting better every single day, and we're so thankful for it. And if you want to just contribute to getting Easton a get-well present, we're just going to buy him a present. We're going to buy him a get well present. This is what he likes. Don't get mad at him. Don't at me, Andy Page. But the, the boy likes Steph Curry. 
The boy likes Steph Curry, and he doesn't have a Steph Curry jersey, and I think the boy needs a Steph Curry jersey. I want when he wakes up that he has a Steph Curry jersey there. And so, kids, if you want to help out Easton, get that Steph Curry jersey. You put your money right in here, and we'll get that taken care of. All right, that's an opportunity to just bless somebody, just to do something nice for somebody. That's called a blessing. So we got tithes, we got generosity, we got blessings. Well, what about giving to those that are in need? What about giving to the poor? What about giving to those that are homeless? What about providing food and that kind of thing? Well, Christians totally do that. That's called alms to the poor. Christians give alms to the poor. It's one of the things that Christians do. Proverbs 19, 17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Give that money to those in need. Give to the poor. Do it. But don't do it thinking that you're going to end poverty. Don't do it thinking you're going to somehow end poverty. The Bible says that we will always have the poor with us. Jesus actually said when somebody criticized the money was spent, you will always have the poor with you. Don't be thinking that we're going to somehow eradicate poverty because we are not. We are going to give money to the poor for the same reason that we do any other good thing. It's for our good and for God's glory. That's why we do it. We just do it for our good and for God's glory. You'll notice that as you're just giving money away to people that are in need, as you're just giving money away to, the, to poor people, as you're just giving money away to homeless people, as you're giving money away to people that are just, that are just really just at the, at the worst part in life, as you're doing this, you'll see that you're the one that's changing. If you've never tried it, try it like this. Get $21 bills and see how quickly you can give that money away. Get in the habit of just saying, hey, yes. When somebody says, hey, do you have a dollar? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I got 20. Is one enough? I'll give you two. Just get in the habit of that. Do it. Or make up 35 sack lunches and go out and give them away. Just make up some sack lunches. Some people say, I don't like to give my money. I don't like to give people cash. Cool. Give them food. Make up sack lunches. Every time somebody says, well, I don't like to, I don't like to give out cash. I don't like to give Cool. Give out blankets. It's cold out there. How many of you were cold when you got to church this morning? Most of us. How many people think it was probably pretty chilly sleeping outside last night? You say, I'm the kind of person I don't like to give out cash. Good, give out blankets. I don't like to give out cash. Good, give out sandwiches. Give out sandwiches. People that are hungry like sandwiches more than they like dollar bills. If you're really hungry, you like a sandwich. I've been hungry. I'm hungry right now. I could go for a sandwich. Don't bring me this because i got to preach the rest of the sermon. Watch what happens. I promise you this. You won't really change anybody's life. You really won't. If you give a dollar, it probably won't change somebody's life. If you give somebody a sandwich, it probably won't change their life. It might improve it momentarily, but it probably won't change their life forever. But it'll change you. It'll change you. It'll change the way you look at money. It'll change the way you look at people. It'll change you. It'll change the way that you see people. It'll change the way that you feel about people. It'll change the way that you just want to go out and spend money. Just a couple of weeks ago, me and Penny, we just took the girls out and we just gave out sack lunches. We gave out sack lunches. We made up a bunch of sack lunches, and we just went out and gave them away. And we're doing this, and I'm like, man, I don't even know if this is doing any good. These people are going to be hungry tomorrow. They're going to be hungry tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, Courtney's sitting in the back seat. She goes, hey, Dad, that last sack lunch you gave to you, that was a kid, huh? That was a kid. I said, yeah, honey, that was a kid. And she goes, we got to do more. She was changing. She was changing. Give it away and watch as God changes you. This is where we see our faith in action. This is what James says in chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. He says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? I'm happy for you to pray for the guy on the corner, but what he wants is something to eat. He's hungry. She's hungry. She needs food, water, shelter, blankets, 
clothing, money, praying for the woman on the corner is great, but it won't put shoes on her feet. Give that money away. Give it away and watch how you change. Are you giving alms to the poor? If so, good. If not, you can start. And if you don't know how, we can help. Kids, here's your opportunity today to give alms to the poor. Kids, you got 10 quarters when you walked in here. You got 10 quarters in a bag, and that first one belongs to God. That's called the what? Kids, that's, that's called the tithe. That one's God's money. You get to decide what to do with the other nine. One opportunity is to invest in your playground. Another opportunity is to bless Easton. And the fourth opportunity to give that money away is to invest in our food pantry. We need a food pantry at this church. We need a food pantry at this church. Maybe some of you people, we used to have a food pantry. Good. Let's get one back. We don't have one right now, and we're going to have one tomorrow. Janine, we need a food pantry tomorrow. Can we make that happen? We have a food pantry tomorrow. Kids, you're going to start the food pantry, and this is how you're going to do it. Whatever, whatever those quarters you want to give away, you put it right in here today. You put it right in here today, and after that, Miss Janine's going to take that money, and she's going to go buy food to put in the food pantry, and people are going to know that if you're hungry, you go to Mission Valley Church. If you live in this area and you're hungry, you know where you go? Mission Valley Church. You know why? Because they got food there. they got food there. People say, well, well we just want to be the kind of church that prays for people. We ain't going to be that kind of church. We're totally going to pray for people, and we're going to give them food when they're hungry. We have a food pantry. Kids, you get to start that. We're going to start the kids' food pantry today. It's the money sermon. Christian, this is how it works. Christian, this is just how it works. Little kids in just a minute are going to get this totally figured out. Little kids in just a second are going to get this totally figured out. They're going to know exactly what to do. They got 10 quarters when they walked in here. And they know that the first one belongs to God. And they're going to get to decide what they do with the rest. That's what should happen. This is what we do. You get to decide what you do with the, with the rest. And this is what should happen every time you get a paycheck, a bonus. You win the lottery. This is what you should do. Tithe, that's 10%. Give more than that. That's generosity. Bless others. This is an addition to, not instead of tithing. Give alms to the poor. All of that. Do it. Give it away. Give it away. I'm giving you permission. I'm encouraging you. And some of you say, well, of course you'd say that. You're the pastor. Maybe somebody in this room is sitting here thinking, of course he wants that. Pastor Mike needs new shoes. That's why he wants our money. Pastor Mike likes some shoes. I see he likes some shoes. He wants more money. That's what he wants. Here's the thing. I don't make any money here. I don't make any money here. I don't make any money at this church. I never have, and God willing, I never will. I don't take a paycheck here. I don't take bonuses here. I don't say that to brag. I point it out so that you'll know that you and I are in the same thing when it comes to regards to to my house and money here. Our our house flows money here. Money doesn't flow from here. I I, I don't get paid. So whether you give your money to God, whether you give to God what belongs to him, whether you give any more than that, really doesn't impact the day-to-day operation of my life. It really doesn't. It really doesn't at all. Whether you give generously above, above really doesn't impact me much either. I'm happy to preach in this building. But I've preached in lots of places. I've preached in elementary schools. I've preached in parks. I've preached in the mountains. One time I preached in a parking lot. It don't matter to me. I got a Bible. I'll preach anywhere. I'm happy to baptize here. It's nice, man. We got this trough. We got, we got warm water in here and everything. I'm happy to do that. But, but I've baptized people in the bed of my truck. I've baptized people in mountain streams. Don't matter to me a lick. That really doesn't. It really doesn't. I, the money doesn't matter much to me. I don't say this to brag. I say this so that you know that I'm just like you in regards to my relationship with money. When I get money, I give it here. Sometimes you'll hear me say that I love pastoring the church so much that I would do it for free or even pay for the privilege, and I'm not kidding. I'm really not kidding. Just like you, I show up here and volunteer my time. I show up here and I give my money, just like you. 
That's why this church, this, this church, Mission Valley Church, it gets my family's best time, our, our best talent, and our best money. And if you wonder how we do it with our money, it looks just like we talked about today. We tithe. Penny and I tithe. Whatever we get, we just 10%. It goes, goes right back to the church. And every single staff member and every single elder here does the same thing. You can't be on staff at Mission Valley Church and not be a tither. You can't be an elder at Mission Valley Church and not be a tither. Every elder, every staff member tithes. That's what we do. The first 10%, we give it away. The next thing Penny and I do, we just we give generously. We give over and above the 10% to the church. We have other organizations that we like, but we believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for the church, that the church is his tool to reach the lost, equip the found, and love all. And so we give here. This place gets our best money. This place gets our absolute best money. I'm not asking you to do what I don't do myself. The next thing we do is we bless people. We give money away to friends that need it, to organizations that we think could benefit from it. We love Phoenix Children's Hospital. We love the work that they do down there, and so we're happy to give them some money. We love the House of Refuge, and so we're happy to give some money there. We love North Rise Initiative, Missions of Hope International, House of Refuge, Air One, Grand Canyon, and so many other places that we're happy to give them some of our money, but none in lieu of tithing because that's God's money. And none to the extent that we give the church because this is the bride of Christ. We give alms to the poor. It's what we do in our family. We give money. We, we pack and distribute lunches. We give food away. We have a rule in our family that if God puts it in your heart to give, give. My kids know that. If they go to school and they run into a buddy that needs something, just get it for them. Come home and let me know what they need. What size shoes do they need? We'll, get, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. We've never been able to outgive God, ever. I'm giving you permission to do the same. I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do. And here's been our experience. We've never been hurt by giving. We've never been hurt by it. Never come up short because we just gave too much away. Never happened. If you need help, we can help you. The whole world is trying to make money, save money, invest money, and spend money. And Christians are just giving it away. It almost doesn't make sense. It almost doesn't make sense except for Jesus. Except Jesus came to earth to save us. Except Jesus lived the perfect life that we never could. Except Jesus died the horrible death that we deserved. Except Jesus defeated that death so that all who would believe could spend eternity with him. Except Jesus literally gave it all. And as people who believe in him, we are people who refuse to believe the lies money promises. So we're free to just give it away. We believe in our Savior. We don't believe in our savings account. If Jesus didn't do any of that, then being part of the church is the most time-consuming, expensive hobby any of us has ever had. But Jesus did. He did all of it. Can you believe in it today? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we don't have to wonder about things that people that don't know you wonder about. We thank you that because of you, we can... We can do the opposite of what the rest of the world does. We can just give money away. And Lord, there's times we don't want to. You knew it. You knew how we were. You knew that we would struggle with this. And so you made a way that in spite of our sin, in spite of our greed, in spite of our, our, our disobedience, you made a way for us to spend eternity with you anyway. And we're so grateful. God, if there's anybody in this room today that's never believed in you, that's never believed in the gospel, that never believed that you literally sent Jesus down here to save them. God, I ask you to give them faith to believe today. And for those of us that have believed, help us to live like we believe it. 
Help us to be free with our time, with our talents, with our resources. Help us to serve well. Help us to love well. Help us to disciple each other. Help us to give money away. That's what Christians do. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Uh, church, I want to introduce you to my friend Mason. Uh, Mason, you, uh, you told me uh, just, well, actually you told Eric uh, just a couple of weeks ago that you wanted to get baptized. The only reason you couldn't do it last week is because you were up at camp, which is great. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about how you, you came to believe in Jesus. Um, my friend Cam Carney decided to one day at school come up to me and ask, do I believe in Jesus? And I said, yes, I, I'm going to cry. <laughs> that's um, good. Yeah, that, I told, that's I told great. yes, and now I'm here. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad to be here. Yeah, <laughs> we're glad you're here too. And we're glad Cam's here. Cam, that's fantastic. Uh, I think it's so great. We, what we're talking about is going out and telling our friends about Jesus. And Cam took a chance and he, and he did that. And so you believed. And so I'm going to just ask you, uh, I know you've confessed this before. I'm going to ask you in front of your church family. Do you believe in Jesus Christ that he lived the perfect life, died, across, or died on the cross for your sins, and defeated, that, uh, defeated death so that you could spend eternity with him? Do you believe that? Yes. All right, is it your desire to follow him for the rest of your life? Sir. All right, good. I know you're so excited. Uh, we talked to your dad yesterday. He's excited for you to be here, too. Uh, so I'm going to invite you to come on in here. I know it's warm. Yeah, it's great. We got a heater and everything. It's great. You notice, we used to, we used to do this out in the cold. Okay, yeah, just sit down. Just sit down. Here we go. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's great. All right. Hey, uh, it's my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Get all the way down. There you go. 